Back in the day when I was in art school, they didn't teach us anything like that, right? Come on, that is amazing. Give it up one more time for Clarion, doing a great job. Uh, him and his company and their partners doing some big things, doing stuff up at downtown Disney as well as Disneyland, as well as in Las Vegas. And so it was just an honor uh, to have you today and to perform for us today. Uh, man, what a, what a great job. What a beautiful painting. Um, how many of you guys would like that hanging in your house? All right, you, you, can, you can bid on that then. Starts at 1,000. Come on, somebody. Turn to your Bibles today, if you would, to Luke chapter 23. 
Uh, man, we had a great, uh, great Easter weekend so far. We launched our 9 o'clock service this morning, and uh, there wasn't quite as many of you uh, as there is now, but there were, there were quite a few people here. It was a great service, and so if you are looking to attend Urban, we offer now a 9 o'clock as well as the 1030, but also yesterday, we had our first Saturday Easter egg hunt ever uh, right here at Urban Church. In the past, we did it right after uh, church for uh, the kids that came to church, but last year we thought, let's, or this year we thought, let's just bless our community, and let's do it right out here in the big field, and so we did. Tons of kids showed up, um, had a great time. Uh, we gave away Easter baskets. We gave away, come on, if you found the golden egg, you got a $100 gift card to Toys R Us. Come on, somebody. How many would dress up like a little kid and hit the field for that, right? And so it was just so great to see the kids out there. And, and also we gave away some bikes. And uh, my, my wife and I and our kids, we moved to a new home about six, seven weeks ago. And we moved in, and we were probably there for about three hours when my children discovered that there were two girls that lived next door the exact same ages as my daughters, uh, seven and nine. And so they've quickly become really good friends, and they're always hanging out together, riding bikes. And um, my daughters found out that one of their friends did not have a bicycle. And uh, so when they heard we're giving away bikes at the Easter egg hunt, Faith and Cara, seven and nine, they started praying Three days before the Easter egg hunt, God, we pray that this little girl, she gets the bike so she can ride with us. And they prayed and they prayed. And on the way to the Easter egg hunt, they're just like, I hope, I hope so badly that she wins the bike. And so we did a drawing for the bikes, gave away six bicycles yesterday. And it came to this little girl's age group. And my wife reached in and grabbed out the ticket, read the number, and it just happened to be, come on, somebody, that little girl's number. And so she won the bike. Okay, I know the little girl was excited, but can you imagine my daughters? Come on, somebody. The faith level in my daughters went to a whole new level. Are you with me? So now my daughters are praying, God, I pray that daddy buys me a horse. And, <laughs> and I'm going to crush their faith right there. No, it's good. Uh, but man, it's just, it's just a great time yesterday and just so cool. I, I, I was so encouraged yesterday when God answered my, uh, the prayers of my daughters because it reiterated to me that if God can answer the prayers of a seven and a nine-year-old, come on somebody, he can answer our prayers as well. And I don't know what you walked in with this morning. Maybe you walked in in a hopeless situation. Maybe you walked in and, and at the beginning, before you came in, maybe your life looked like the black and white. Maybe it looked like a dry riverbed. But I want you to know something today. Come on, that Jesus Christ went to the cross 2,000 years ago. Come on. And he took a paintbrush. Come on. And he's creating some life. Come on. in some dead places in your life. I believe that with all my heart. And so you might have walked in today a little bit hopeless. I want you to know something. You came to the right place today because I believe that hope is going to be restored in your life as he takes that brush and he begins to create some color for you. Uh, John 10.10 10 says that Jesus Christ came to give us life and life more abundant. But, but as you look around and maybe you don't have to look very far, maybe you can just look at your checkbook. Come on, somebody, and, and wonder where's the abundant part, Right? Maybe you can look at your marriage and wonder where's the abundant part. Maybe you can look at your children or, or the circumstances that are happening around you. You might wonder, God, where is the abundant part? But you can have that today because Jesus Christ came to give you life and life more abundant. We really live, uh, I would say, in a hopeless society where a lot of people have lost hope or, or maybe their hope is just that. It's hope for something tomorrow. It's hope for something in the future. Or, or, or maybe as a Christian, sometimes we get the wrong perspective and we think that the hope is when we get to heaven. Okay? Listen to me. Jesus Christ came to give you life now abundant, not just when you get to heaven. I had a professor in school uh, that used to look at me uh, when I would do something good. I would help out. I was, I, I, it's always been a part of me. I love to serve. I love to serve people. Um, I, I love just to do that. I come to set up Friday night. I stay for teardown. I just enjoy serving. And uh, my professor would always look at me and said, Ben, you've got a reward. I'm like, sweet. She'd say, and it's in heaven. <laughs> 
I didn't like that so much. <laughs> I know I'm going to go to heaven, but come on. Jesus Christ came to give you life and life abundant now. Are you with me today? And so as we celebrate Easter, what are we celebrating? Yes, we're celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we're also celebrating that, that we can have hope now. That Jesus Christ did all of that. Do you know that over 350 prophecy, uh, prophecies went forth in the Old Testament concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and every single one of them was fulfilled. Many of them fulfilled in the last six hours as Jesus was on the cross, but they were fulfilled nonetheless. And the reason those prophecies went forth and the reason they were fulfilled was to give us hope. Was to give us hope that we too, come on, could walk out of here looking like a masterpiece today. That we too could walk out of here today with, with life and life abundant. So I want to read to you today out of Luke chapter 23. And although the portion I'm going to read doesn't encapsulate the whole entire death, burial, and resurrection, I believe it encapsulates the pivotal moment which we all need to understand. Because without a crucifixion, there could not have been a resurrection. Are you with me? And so I want to read to you this account of Luke about the crucifixion. And as we read it today, you're going to quickly discover there are two groups of people in the story. There's this one group that is mourning the death of Jesus because they think it's over. Because they love Jesus. They follow Jesus. They believed who he said he was. But then there's another group on the opposite side that, that they didn't believe. And you will discover that they are mocking Jesus. They are ridiculing Jesus. They are, they, they are making fun of the situation that Jesus is in. This whole entire story can really be encapsulated in the last couple of verses when we see the two main players, I believe, besides Jesus in this scripture today. We see one thief that is on the right and one thief that is on the left. Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 26, and it reads, And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and women, who were mourning and lamenting for him. Verse 32. Two others who were criminals were, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals. One on his right and one on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who, who were hanged railed at him, and I, I like to think of this as the criminal on the left, railed at him saying, you are, you are not the Christ, and if you are, save yourself and us. But the other on the right re rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we, we're receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he, and he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the man in the middle, Jesus, the Savior of the world, looked at this man and said, truly, 
I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is, is amazing. God, we thank you for what today represents, not just to us here at Urban Church, but to Christ followers all across the world. And yet for those that don't even yet believe but will today, we thank you that today means hope for humanity. That today means hope for me in my present circumstance and situation. That today I I might have walked in feeling like a dry riverbed. Feeling like there's no life around me. But I can walk out with one stroke of your brush having a brand new perspective and having a brand new life. For old things are passed away. and Behold, all things have become new. Help me preach in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 There are three things in this story that really astound me and, and really stick out to me. As I mentioned earlier, that there are two groups of people. There are the group of people that are mocking Jesus. This is seen in the, in the thief that I like to think was on the left. And he would mock with them, and he would ridicule with them, even though he himself was dying the same death. And then there was the man on the right, the thief that Mark says originally was mocking him as well. Mark's account of this says that both the thieves were mocking and ridiculing. But Luke begins to pick up another side of the thief on the right. And that side is this, that this thief now begins to realize who he is. I love, the, I love the story that there's two thieves and Jesus is in the middle because really we can, we can picture ourselves as one or the other. Two thieves, two criminals. And now listen to me, these were not just your ordinary, we, 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 we stole some clothes from somebody. This wasn't like what you did when you were little and reached into the, come on somebody, the candy jar. People that died this death were there because they were bad except for the man Jesus. So these were not just, you know, they they messed up once or twice. These are are two men that lived all of their life as criminals. They did nothing good. There was nothing produced from their life. And so there they find themselves, hanging on that cross. Both of them criminals. Both of them look exactly like Jesus. They've both been beaten. They're both stripped naked. They're, They're both nailed to a cross. When you look up at the three crosses, it's not like Jesus's cross was taller, although the paintings sometimes say different. He was on the taller hill. All three were naked. They all three were beaten. They all three were hanging there. Jesus being mocked. And we can find ourselves in one of these two thieves. We will either be like the thief that comes to the realization that this is Jesus and he is good, or we'll be like the thief that continues to mock him. No, maybe we won't mock him with our words, but maybe we'll mock him with our lifestyle. Never surrendering ourselves to a good God, a creator. What astounds me about this part of the story is that two individuals living the exact same life, both criminals, the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We find ourselves in this spot, either the right or the left. But one of these guys comes to the realization of who he, who he is comes this realization what astounds me is that two men can be hanging next to jesus christ and one still walks away not knowing him and the other does but really is any different today when we find ourselves coming into church services and 
we find ourselves sitting here on an Easter Sunday, that here too many will walk away still not knowing him. That many will walk away today hearing the same message, and it means nothing to one, but it means everything to the other. The Bible says that the gospel is veiled to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, come on, it is life. It is life. And to one criminal on this day, it became life. It became life. One thing I discover as I read this story that astounds me is this, is that uh, how you perceive him is how you will receive him. If I perceive him like the thief over here as, wait a second, I know I came into this picture mocking him, but something took place as I hung next to him. Something took place internally. You couldn't see it on the outside, but something was happening on the inside. There was a transformation taking place. And as that transformation takes place, he begins to confess him in so many words as Lord and Savior of his, of his life. And how you perceive him will determine how you receive him and what you receive from him. You know, I, you've probably heard this before. So many people say this. They say, if God is so good, then why is all this bad stuff happening on the earth? You ever heard anybody say that before? If, if God's so good, why is it that, that, that so-and-so has cancer and, and this is happening over here and that's happening in the world? God's so good. But another one would say, wow, God is so good that he would come into the world and save me from all of this. How you perceive him is how you will, how you will receive him. There was something taking, taking place on the inside. There was, there, 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 listen to me. Now you've got to understand something. As you and I read on in the story, we get to read that Jesus breathes his last. Into your hands I commit my spirit. The sky gets dark. Y'all read that part of the story? The earth begins to shake. The veil in the temple is torn into. This is powerful. I mean, this is like, well, now people are like, oh my God, what did we do? <laughs> Read the story. They're like, whoa, maybe he, we blew it, guys. Read on. This thief has seen none of that. He's had no veil torn in two. There has been no earthquake. There has been no sky. He died with Jesus. He saw none of that, but while Jesus was still there, something happened. Talk about a picture of grace. Talk about a huge, something was happening on the inside. It was internal. How you perceive him will determine how you receive him. My daughters, man, how many of you guys have kids and their imagination is just amazing? And sometimes you just want to get inside there or, or revert back to your childhood. Some of you do that way too much. But I love it. I got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And, and man, they, they, they watch the Chronicles of Narnia. Right? And as soon as that is done, my daughter, my seven-year-old Faith, thinks she's Lucy from the Chronicles of Narnia. Like if there's ever a dress-up day at school, I don't, even, I don't even need to ask her. She will be Lucy. She'll be Lucy in Narnia. She'll be Lucy in the real world dressed in school. She'll just be Lucy. And when she's Lucy, if I call her Faith, she won't respond. <laughs> oh, yeah. Faith, Dad, I'm Lucy. And so now to the point where I walk into her room, it is not Faith's room. It is Care Prevail. You've all read the book or seen the movies. You know what I'm talking about, right? She has turned this thing into a castle, Right? And when I come in, I'm not dad. 
I'm Prince Caspian. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Their imagination. Now, to the point now where, where there is Aslan on the wall. No, not fake Aslan. We've actually materialized it for her on the wall. And there's, there's this lamppost. She, 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 she perceives something, and now it is. The other day I came home and I was walking down the hallway and, and Faith's room was first and, and Faith and Carr decided to turn our house into a hotel. Pretty cool. I don't know where the room service is at yet, but. And I walk in and here's Faith's room and it says room number one. It's like, oh, how cute. Walk a little further, there's Carr's room, room number two. I turn to ours and there it is, the lover's suite. Come on, somebody. I learned something that how I perceive him will determine how I receive him. If, if I look at him as, wow, God, you are so good that you would send your son Jesus to the cross to, to die for me, that you would come into the earth amongst all this corruption, amongst all this stuff, man, it changes the way I receive him. Are you with me today? Astounds me. What, what astounds me even more is the fact that Jesus said, Yes to the criminal. It blows my mind. It perplexes me, but I love it. If there is one exciting thing about this story, it's this right here. It's the fact that Jesus said yes to a criminal who has done nothing with his life except for bad. I love the thief. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I can relate to the thief. You and I can relate to the thief because we know the junk in our trunk. Come on, somebody. We know the way we've lived. We've known what we've done. People sitting around you, they don't know. You know. God knows. And he sees it all, and he says yes. That astounds me. That, that, that here is Jesus. Moments ago, he was being mocked. In, in, in a criminal's dying last words. I mean, he couldn't even walk out. I know the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3 that we got to bear fruit worthy of repentance. This dude had none of that. He did nothing good with his life. Are you, are you hearing me today? He did nothing good. It wasn't like Jesus saved him off the cross and it's like, okay, now go and do good for a couple years and then you can come to heaven. No, he did nothing good at all except for perceived him in his last three hours on the cross differently. I, I love it. I love it because, because it shows me this. It shows me that my salvation has nothing to do with me or my works. There are too many people out there. Now listen to me. Yes, if we're saved. Yes, we've confessed Jesus. Good works always follow because that's what we do. But the good works do not save us. His divine grace saves us. It's amazing to me that he can take an eraser and erase all of the junk that this criminal had done so that he would not be remembered for the bad that he did, but he would be remembered for the last three hours of his life on that cross. That astounds me. That amazes me. But it also gives me hope 
It's amazing to me that literally, with one stroke of the brush, that what was dead and barren, like it probably took about four minutes and 32 seconds to transform this. But in one moment, Jesus can transform your whole life. He can transform it all. He can take the dead things in your life, the dead places in your life, and with one stroke of the brush, now that would be a cool performance, bro. (laughs) Done. Next. That's what he does. He takes the dead things in our life and makes them come alive. In one moment, in one stroke of the brush, this guy went from criminal, come on somebody, to paradise. In one moment, he went from sinner to saint. In one moment, he went from unsaved to saved. In one moment. Am I the only one that's excited about that today? Are are you too astounded to be like, oh. Are you still staring at the painting? You can come and view it on my wall. No, just kidding. One moment. I, I don't get it. He, didn't, he could have said anything he wanted. At that moment, Jesus could have used these words. Go to hell. <laughs> Welcome to Urban Church. <laughs> but he didn't. He said... Yes. That astounds me. That astounds me. Not only did he, not only did he say, see, here's one thing. It's one thing to say yes to a guy that, that is kneeling at the cross. It's another thing to say yes to the guy that's next to you on the cross who's got three hours left. What about you? I, I know that you're here today and, and maybe you can look back to the last few years of your life and you say, I don't qualify to be a Christian. And the very thing that you think disqualifies you to be a Christian is the very thing that qualifies you for His grace to cause you to become a Christian. See, the moment we think that we're qualified to become a Christian, this guy has a revelation of who Jesus I like the thief. I like the thief on the right. Hmm. Like how he turns my picture into something beautiful. But what astounds me the most about this story? I mean, the fact that he said yes, the fact that, that two people could be right there and not get it. But what astounds me the absolute most about this story is that when the criminal finally has this, 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 this revelation of who he is, he not only begins to catch it for himself, but he tells the other guy to shut up. Why? Because he's getting saved. And nothing looks different on the outside, but everything is changing on the inside. And he's talking to the criminal, and he's talking to Jesus, now, you've got to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Crucifixion was the most horrendous way to die. 
If you study up about it, in order just to get some breath in them, they had to painfully scoot themselves up the splintery cross enough just to get their lungs opened up so they could breathe. A study shows that most people died on the cross because their airway was cut off. Because everything's hanging on it, suffocation. So for this criminal to lift himself up. But what astounds me the most is that the God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, on that cross, the second to last thing he would say as he's dying on that cross is he would push himself up with nails in his hands. He would push himself up just enough on that cross to reassure the thief and to get these words out of his lungs. Today, you will be with me. Paradise. He gathered enough breath, he he gathered enough strength just to push himself up, not just to give the man on the right hope, but to give you and I hope. Because if he would would inch himself up on the cross just to reassure the guy that's dying next to him that there's hope for him, how much more do we have as he sits in heaven right now living to make intercession for you and I to give us the assurance, to give us the hope, not that one day when, but that today you will be with me in paradise. He did, he did not say tomorrow. He did not say in a couple hours. He did not say, hey, when I get there, I got your back. He said today. Today. The fact that the Savior would go through so much more pain, he could have stayed down and it could have been over. But he pushed himself up one more time for humanity in pain and in agony, every muscle, every tendon, everything coursing through his body, pain to say, hey, today. And in one moment, he took a brush and changed everything. Paradise. Today. See, the thief asks for future. Hey, remember me, future. When you enter your kingdom, and Jesus said, I'll do you one better today, you'll be with me in paradise. And the same Jesus that was inching his way up the cross to reassure the man is the same Jesus that would come to you today through this preacher to reassure you that today he is with you and today you can have paradise. It is not about when you get to heaven one day when. Listen to me, if that's all we have, ladies and gentlemen, let's chalk it up to experience and move on. But if that, we have so much more than that. He came to give us life and life more abundant. I know that one day I'll be with him in heaven, but what about right now? What about my finances right now? What about my health right now? What about my marriage right now? What about my children right now? What about, what about now? He says, today, this moment, you'll be with me in Paris. In paradise. In paradise. And he used the word paradise because the criminal knew what paradise looked like. 
because it was the same word choice they would use of a, of a house that was found in the desert, a place that the sun would be beating down on, and it would be scorching, and it was uncomfortable, it was unbearable, it was to the point of almost being painful, but they had what they would call, same word use, paradise within the, the chambers of the home where there would be a garden, and they would escape the heat, the pain, the scorching of the moment, and find some reprieve right there. Here is the man hanging on the cross in pain, and Jesus uses a word that he would recognize. Today, you're going to find reprieve. Today, you're going to find hope. Today, you're going to find peace. Today, you're going to find restoration. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what Easter represents to you, but what Easter represents to us at Urban Church is that today, there is hope. Today, there is healing. Today, there is salvation. Today, there is answers. You might be saying, God, I I just hope that one day you can help me win my son back to you. Lord, I I just pray that one day you could touch my body. Lord, just, just I hope that I can get to that point of financial security. And Jesus says, no, today is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. Easter represents that today we don't have to continue walking through a dry riverbed, but we can find life and life abundant just like the thief on the cross. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word is amazing. Just do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel like there's somebody here today and you've been walking through some difficulties somebody here today and it's almost become unbearable so it's become painful whether it's emotional pain or physical pain but the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today that there is hope right now that in one moment your cure is here that in one moment your revelation is here that right now there is healing for your body there is healing for your emotions there is healing for your marriage there is healing for your finances there is healing for your children hallelujah there is resurrection power available for you today hallelujah 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 there's someone here today and you're far from god you're far from god and jesus wants you to know that he's hanging right next to you. Just waiting for you to have the same revelation that the thief on the right did. Yeah. Yeah. Someone here today and you've, you started out well. But yet God has not been a part of your life lately. He wants to welcome you back in. He wants to welcome you back in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're good. Today. Today, not tomorrow. There's today. There's healing today. There's hope today. There's salvation today. You are here, first and foremost. My call goes out to you. You're not right with God. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what you've done. You might not feel qualified to be sitting in this service. Good, you're qualified. Because it's His grace. But you are here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a Christ follower. There's no better day than for that to happen on Easter Sunday. 
He's standing at the door of your life and he's knocking. He's saying, hey, let me in. Let me in, let me in, let me in. And you're here today and you'd say, Ben, that's me. I need Jesus to come back into my life. On the count of three, if that's you, just shoot your hand in the air. I want to pray for you right where you're at. One, two, three. Anybody at all, shoot your hand in the air. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, anybody else? Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's three. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. There's four. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Five. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if if you're going to clap. Come on, somebody. Clap. The Bible says that all heaven rejoices when one gets saved. Hallelujah. 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 Here's what we're going to do. I want to pray for several groups of people. I want to pray for the five people that raised their hand. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to pray for you right where you're at. But listen to me. Listen, we're going to have a prayer team up here at the end. And I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you to just come forward. Grab the hand of that prayer person and say, hey, I was one that wanted Jesus in my life today. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you a free gift. And we're just going to pray for you right there. And that's it. We just want to shake your hand and welcome you back or welcome you for the first time into the greatest relationship you'll ever be in. I like you. Thank you for saying hallelujah, whoever that was. I'm going to get you to sit up front. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want to pray for another group of people right now as well. I want to pray for those that are here today that you love Jesus. But it hasn't been practical, it hasn't been playing out. You feel like you might be in a dry season. You feel like you might be that dry, cracked riverbed. But Jesus wants to come with a big paintbrush and recreate life in the middle of your circumstance and your situation. Wherever you're at today, I want to pray for you. If that's you, no matter what it is, it might be your marriage, it might be your health, it might be your finance, just shoot your hand in the air. I want to pray for you right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over. Thank you so much. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to believe. Stand to your feet this morning. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody. Prayer team, come on up. Prayer team, come quickly. Just what I want to do first. There were five of you that raised your hand. We're going to pray together right now, and I want to ask you to pray this prayer. But listen to me. You're not the thief on the cross. There's a chance to bear fruit worthy of repentance. When Jesus Christ comes, he really does rework things. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Things are restored. So I want to pray this prayer together, but if you were one of those five that raised your hand, please come meet one of our prayer team and just shake their hand. Let them love on you for a minute. If you're one of the other ones that raised your hand and said, man, I I need God to repaint some things in my life, love to pray for you as well. We're here for you. We believe in the transformation of God's grace. Amen. Close your eyes. Let's pray this prayer together for the five that raised their hand. Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody together, especially if you raised your hand. Say, Jesus, I love you. And I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I thank you that you rose again from the grave. That today I could rise and have a new life. Jesus, paint a new picture. Paint life in the dead areas of my life. I love you, Jesus. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you for all those that are here today. Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand to come back into relationship with you or, or to come for the first time. Lord, I pray they'll be bold enough as we conclude to make that walk forward because, God, your word declares, God, if we confess you before men, that you confess us before our Father who is in heaven. So I pray that they would make that bold walk up here and have someone love on them. Lord, I pray for those that are here today, that they walked in and there's some dead dreams, there's some dry places, there's some, there's some dead areas in their life that I thank you that today that you're coming to paint life and life abundant for them. And I pray they too would make that walk and find comfort in some prayers today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.